Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. G'day and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey. On this episode, Matthew Ridge. You know, I came for the money. I, I, I didn't what think. What was the money? Yeah, it was around three quarters of a million back then, which, which was heaps. That was 95, 96, 97, 98. You know, my teammates are like, fuck, the guy's on five times as much as I am. I'm playing better than he is. And, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, the papers were doing, you know, I was getting paid so much a minute. Matthew Ridge, better known to most New Zealanders as Ridgey, is one of New Zealand's most talented sports people ever. He was a junior tennis champ. Briefly, he was an all-black. Then he went on to become one of the best and highest-paid rugby league stars in the world. Then, after sport, he launched a very successful TV career on his own and as part of a comedy duo with Mark Ellis. What can you say about Ridgie? He really is one of those guys whose reputation precedes him. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys and hear what you think. Maybe it'll change your opinion on Matthew. Maybe it won't. Either way, the dude seems pretty comfortable in his own skin these days, so I don't think he'll be phased too much either way. All right, let's get into it. Hope you enjoy it. Matthew Ridge. Hey, runners only. Yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harvey. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is runners only. Yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is runners only with Dom Harvey. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady. Anywhere you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, runners only with Dom Harvey. Runners only with Dom Harvey and Matthew Ridgey Ridge. G'day, mate. Hey, mate. How are you, Dom? Yeah, good. Good. Get in. Uh, get nice in, and close. Nice and close to that thing. Wow. Here we are, sitting in my uh, my new podcast lounge. Yeah, it's it's a well, it's a little lounge, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's it's me. Yeah. I, I, well, first of all, thanks for coming over. I really appreciate it. Good. When I when I reached out to you, I thought, oh. Slim chance at best, because you 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 are even though you're a public guy, you're also quite a quite a private guy. You don't mm. hear a lot about what you get up to these mm. days. Yeah, I've I've um I sort of deliberately done that. I I guess with playing sport and and then being involved in the media and doing television and that sort of stuff. Um, when I guess when social media and all that sort of stuff came along, I I I just decided to take a a deep dive and just. You know, like just stay out of the media and keep my head down, and um, and you know that that was really good for my, you know, it's, it's, everybody talks about their mental health, but it was really good for my mental health, you know, because you, when you're, I guess, a public figure to a lesser extent, but um, you've always got to have your shield up, you know, and because if you don't have your shield up, people, especially in New Zealand, or pretty much everywhere actually, everybody likes to take a pot shot, you know, so. You're always you're always well armed, and I, I you know, you, you you never get to, you know, to relax, and um, and you know, when I had children, I just decided, look, I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to do that anymore. Either. 
I'm pleased that um, you, you've brought up the mental health thing so early because it, it is a, a fairly big focus on this podcast. And I wanted to pick your brains about that because, um, fuck, we're getting we're going deep. We're going straight into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because you've always struck me as being a, a, a total I don't give a fuck kind of guy. Yeah. But you, you, stuff still must hurt. Oh, like when, when you get caught riding around like shirtless on a BMX and you're <laughs> relentlessly trolled or yep. bullied, I, I guess you could even say in, yeah. in, in the media, yeah. you've got a hard fucking time. And you seem yeah. to not care, but I'm sure you do. I, yeah, I, I, anybody that says that you don't care about what people think about you is probably not being entirely truthful. But I, I was armed by my grandmother when I was young and she always used to say to me, never worry about they, they's a collection of he, she's, ifs and buts. And she used to drill that into me, and Matthew always laughed loudest at yourself. And you know, when you when you think like that, it's it's easy to put an armor up, and you can let it's you know like a, you can let it's people can offend you or whatever, and you can it, it, it doesn't affect you, but it does, you mm-hmm. know. So um, you know, you wear that shield and all that sort of stuff, and I I, I wore a shield for a long, long time. And it, 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 when people are saying. You know, they're, they're negative or whatever. Anybody that says that it doesn't hurt them is, is not being entirely truthful. But I, I, I like to think that I, I don't really care about other people's opinions. You know, as long as I'm being respectful, as long as I've behaved myself, I haven't stepped over the line, I haven't done anything wrong, I haven't been, um, you know, I just haven't been a good human being, then I've got nothing to worry about. You know, like not everybody's going to like you, Dom. You know, um, <laughs> and that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is like, this is the thing that used to make me laugh. Is like, you know, when you're playing sport and you, you know, when you're out in the arena, you're an entirely different person to the person you are off the field, right? So if you're a combative, aggressive person when you're playing sport, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a combative, aggressive person off the field. You you're just competitive, good at your job. Yeah, and um, you know, like. I was just competitive. I wasn't particularly big, strong, fast, but I, I was a competitor, and and you know I'd, I'd get in people's faces, and that's what I did. And but away from the field, I was a completely different person. I'm not, I'm not saying I was an angel, but you know I, I'm not up in everybody's face, sort of yeah. thing. And and um, that that was the thing for me, I guess, was you know like you do television shows and you send yourself up, you make a bit of a joke of yourself, you you know you you carry on like a pork chop, but. You're making a TV show, you know, like that's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's yeah. like, so if, you, if you're if you not prepared to take the mickey out of yourself or to push the boundaries or whatever, like it's going to be a real boring television show, right? Mm. You know, so you, you can't always be trying to, you know, um, have this image that, hey, I've got this image to create. I, I had no problem in playing the bad guy or playing this guy or whatever anybody wanted me to do as long as it, if, if it was going to rate or make good television or um, be a benefit to what we were trying to do, then I was all for it. But that doesn't mean you're that person. It's a character. You, you, it's a, a character. 100% yeah. is a character. And a lot of people don't get this. So they see you on TV and they go, oh, I don't like that guy. He's not fun. <laughs> and you're like, I'm like, oh, mate, you know, like – you just don't get it, you know. It's like you know, you see the guys on movies or TV shows, and you meet them, and they're, they're completely different, right? So, you know, you, and and the other thing that used to really cheese me off a lot about people in general, actually, is is people tend to form an opinion about somebody before they've even met them, mm. and that is just a big no no. You know, you you can't judge somebody unless you've met them, and e- even if, when you've met them, you shouldn't be judging people because you know who are you to judge? You know, like everybody's got their own story and their own trials and their own tribulations and, and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I think that, you know, we're, we're real good at judging people and, and, um, and fast to do it as well. 
real fast, you know. And it's like, you know, like uh, if, you, if you've never done anything wrong in your life or you're perfect, then, yeah, go for it. But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Um, I've made millions, you know. There's lots of things <laughs> that I wish I hadn't have done or if I could now, if I could speak to the young man back there and say, hey, you don't need to say that or you didn't need to do that or you didn't need to, you know, behave like this or whatever. But, you know, that's – as you get older, these are the things you learn, you know, you just get, you get a little bit wiser. You don't try and have those, you know, like confrontations with somebody just because you feel like your point of view is, you know, more important or you're right and they're wrong, you know, like uh, I just, yeah. It's, it's I think, I think the, the edges soften as you get older as well, don't they, and you learn. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so, but yeah, oh, definitely, you know, if you don't learn then you, you're, you're toast. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Um, but it seems like there's um, – there's people that don't know you that that will be like, um, oh, Matthew Ridge, he's arrogant or he's cocky yeah, or he's a tosser. Yeah, yeah. And then you speak to anybody that knows you well. I'm thinking of the, the people that I yeah. know personally that know you, and yeah. they'll they'll just go, he's the most loyal yeah. and honest person you'll ever meet, and yeah. he's there for you one thousand percent. Yep, that's probably a, you know like that's pretty good summation. You know, like if if you cross me, then you're done. <laughs> but um, you know, like I will, I've got a big heart, and I. I care about people and, you know, I, I try and, you know, impart the wisdom that I've learned as, you know, from, from growing up. I, I try to spend, you know, if people want to talk to me, I try to spend time with them. If um, people need help, I try to help them. I mean, one, one thing that springs to mind for me is when um, uh, your old um, teammate and friend of yours, um, Brent Todd, he, he yeah. got in trouble, got some fraud thing for yeah. ripping off the pokey machines or whatever, and yeah. he's on home detention yeah. and uh, you, you had him at your house. Yeah. Which uh, was a, a lovely gesture. Yeah, but, you know, like, you know, let, let's talk about that, that fraud thing. You know, like every, just about every every publican or everybody that's got poking machines is getting a kickback. Mm. So, you know, you get a kickback one way or the other. And sure, it might be illegal, but that's just the how it is, you know. So so if, if I want some money from a pokey guy, he goes, hey, look, can you give me this and just give me a little bit back? And I'm like, oh, okay, cool, that just happened. There were heaps yeah, of guys yeah. that were doing it. I won't name names, but there were heaps of guys that were doing it. And Toddy was just a full guy, right? Mm. And he put his hand up and he, and he got his, you know, and it was really hard for Brent because he's got a massive heart and he really cares about what other people thought of him. Everybody loved him, right? And then so all of a sudden, you know, Brent Todd's this fraudster dude, you know, like, and his best mate's Matthew Ridge, who's an absolute asshole, right? So, <laughs> so you know, like you know that they're made for one another. But you know, I can remember when Toddy came into my house and uh, he, he was broken. You know, his head was down, and I said, "Hey, mate, when you leave here in twelve months' time, you're going to walk out of here with your head out high." And um, and he did, you know, like. But he knuckled down. He came and worked for me. You know, he, he lived at home for twelve months. He could come to work, and then he'd have to go home. And you know, there wasn't a cross. We didn't say a crossword in twelve months. You know, it was a, it was a real privileged to have him at my house and what, um, what was that like basically becoming flatmates again yeah no, growing was, ass men yeah, yeah it, was, <laughs> it was it was actually really cool like it was you know like he he, he like i say he he was broken you know like mm. he'd gone through a lot he'd gone from being at the top of the pile to the bottom of the pile and that's that's not easy when you're at the top of the pile and then all of a sudden you're at the bottom of the pile and everybody loves to kick you when you're down oh, you know yeah. and mate people were laying into him right and you know there are there are a lot of people that i was pretty upset with who um you know, should have been there for him, but we're putting the boot into him, you know, so. I think I saw this on a Lance Armstrong documentary. He said, when the shit hits the fan, there's two sorts of people, those that sort of lean in and those that sort of lean out. Yeah. And it's a great way to find out who your real mates are. Yeah, yeah, are. there's not many people lean in, though. Fuck, man, there's so much to unpack with you. 
first of all, I want to I want to say um, like I feel like everywhere you go in New Zealand, uh, people call you Ridgie. You must hear Ridgie mm. being yelled yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but when when we were texting backwards and forwards, you used Matthew. Yeah. Does Ridgie feel like a character, like the TV character? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ridgie's yeah. the yeah Ridgie or Ridge or you know like a lot of people call me Ridge and that you know I, I, like I think calling someone by their second name is it reminds me of being at school. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like it's yeah. it's a little bit disrespectful, I think. You know, like I don't go around calling people, "Hey, Harvey," or you know, like or <laughs> yeah, it's very school. It's just it's just weird, you know. So you know, you're you're born with a first name, and so I, I like to use my first name. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't worry if people call me Ridgie, but if someone calls me Ridge, I'm like, yeah, good one. You know, it's just is that right? Why, yeah. I just don't like right. it. It's okay. just like uh, for me, it's just. It sounds like you're you're really wanting to have a go at me, you know. Right. Oh, hey, Ridge. It's like, are you? <laughs> you know, like, there he is. Is that right? You know, like, so, yeah, like. I still wouldn't want to fuck with you, eh? Like, you've, you've mellowed a lot, but nah. even in your. No, but I'm not, a, I'm not a fighter or anything. I've never, <laughs> never have been, but I've got a sharp tongue, you know. Yeah, and you've got and a I, look that you yeah, can give. Yeah, and I can, normally, I can normally get under people's skin pretty quickly. It's a skill that I have, and I can find their. <laughs> it's your superpower. I can find their weakness real quick. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, let, let's go uh, right back. So um, you're born in Rotorua. Mm. Did you get mistaken for being Māori a lot? Yes, I did get mistaken for being Māori, and and that that wasn't an issue. You know, like I, I had no problem with that. But I, I was a proud. You know, my mother always kept my my heritage at the forefront of uh, my learnings. I guess as I was growing up, so I was a very proud Armenian, even though nobody knew where Armenia was, and you know all that sort of stuff. So. You know, but I, I didn't have an issue with being Maori yeah. or anything like that. And I was, yeah, as you say, I was born in Rotorua. My mum lived down there. We lived with a family. And um, uh, luckily enough for us was you know, my grandmother convinced my grandfather to drive down and, and, and pick us up when I was about one. And, and my grandfather was a, he was a real cool dude, but came from a time where, uh, you know, he was English and, and, and people were more racist then than they are now, you know. So, yeah. so he... For him to come and pick me up um, with my grandmother was a big thing because I, I was I was very dark, so you know, like it, w- it wasn't something. And back in those days, you know, you you got married before you had children, all that sort of stuff. So it was it was a very foreign thing for my for my grandfather. But luckily, they 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 came down and got me because they raised me, and I would be a very different person if if um, you know my my mum was obviously you know in my life, but my grandparents were in my life twenty four seven. Yeah, and yeah. you and you you started playing. Uh, you gravitated towards tennis, and you were bloody good. Mm. I was speaking to a guy who I wish I could remember his name. I met him at a, a function a few weeks ago, mm. and he said he he played with you, and you were like real good, mm. like uh, like as good as let's say Brett Stevens, Chris Lewis, Kelly Evenden. Like, oh, I could play. Like I played against Brett four or five times, and I beat him a couple of times. I think he beat me more wow. than, than I beat him. But but um, yeah, the last time we we played was probably when we were fifteen or sixteen. So, but yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was a good tennis player, but back in those days, um, I, I felt like tennis was very, if you weren't the right colour and you didn't have the right upbringing, then tennis wasn't going to be your sport mm. in New Zealand. You know, it was, it was, and especially if you, I, I was, I was aggressive. I was, you know, I wanted to win. I, I issues keeping my um, temper under control. So, <laughs> so what? But I never had. Were you like, like Nick Kyrgios? Yeah, yeah. Or was, like a John yeah. McEnroe, I suppose. Yeah, I was definitely like those guys. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but we we had nobody. We had no one to, you know, like it's the thing about young athletes is if you get somebody who 
identifies that you're a, a talent and they can arm you with the right tools. I would have been sweet, but I wasn't armed with the right tools. So, so everybody told me you can't do that instead of saying, hey, why don't you channel your energy like this? And, you know, like I can see you really care so much about winning and stuff, but, you know, you don't need to let your opposition know how pissed off you are because as soon as you take it, as soon as your mentality goes, especially in tennis, as soon as you start losing your head, it's all over, yeah, right? Really, You're beaten, yeah. right? So, so, but I had nobody to tell me, say, hey, instead of getting so frustrated, why don't you just try and channel that frustration into the next point, you know, and, and things like that. So, uh, like, if I could speak to that guy now, you know, that young boy now, if, with the stuff that I know now, like, uh, I, I, I probably would have played tennis or played soccer or whatever, you know. I definitely wouldn't have played rugby or rugby league. Because you, you were quite a late starter, right? Like, you, you didn't play contact sport till like, 15? I played right? soccer. I was I was a I was a good soccer player, and and that's what made me a a good rugby player and a good league player because it gave me the ability to you know soccer is about reading play and all that sort of stuff, and I had um, vision, um, which enabled me to be in the right place at the right time. So if I you didn't have the pace or the power, but if you had the vision, the ability to read the game, then you ended up being in the right spot, and that's that's pretty much what I had. So, but um. Yeah, I, I if if I was born in Europe, I definitely wouldn't have been a rugby player mm. or or a, or a league player. I would have been a, a soccer player or a tennis player, one hundred percent. Yeah. So you know that's and and it kind of like I don't have any regrets, but I, I kind of do. I I think I I, I went the wrong way. How so? Um, what do you mean? How so? I, I should have. I should have. I I I definitely a much better soccer player than I was a rugby right, player, or a league right. player. You know. Um, but you know. But my decision back then was I wanted to be a professional athlete, and there were no avenues or there was no pathway for soccer players. Then you know, so you know, if if I become an All Black, then I'll get a good job. You know, that that was my thinking. So I sort of stopped playing tennis and stopped playing soccer. And have, have you tried any sports that you sucked at? It seems like you're just naturally good at whatever um, you. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> well, I'm not good at water sports, you know, like I, I can't surf or anything like that. Yeah, I, I wasn't a great swimmer. I, I was good at primary school and stuff, but yeah. I think ball sports and all that sort of stuff, I just had good hand eyes. So you, so you made the um, you made the uh, the All Black squad to tour Britain in uh, like 1989, 19, nine, yeah, 1989. How, yes. how old were you then? What were you then? Uh, so I just turned 21, I think, right. yeah. Fuck, so you'd only been playing, like, rugby six years and... Yeah, I, I mean, been playing at school and stuff, so seven, eight years probably. Yeah, I, you yeah. Know, I played at primary school, you know, mucking around, but not not seriously, you know, but, um, you know, you just play on the paddock and that sort of stuff, but I hadn't played club rugby or anything. and Yeah, and then made the All Blacks. It feels like an absolute lifetime ago, mm. you know, but... Oh, it, well, it is. It's, over, it's well yeah, over it's, half your life ago. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's, you know, the things you remember and... The feelings that you have, the people that you met, the, the teammates that I played with, and you know, you know, it was it was a pretty special time in my life to you know to make the All Blacks. You know, the All Blacks now is you know real cool, but back in those days, being an All Black was a be all and end all. You know, like it's there was there was nothing else. There wasn't rugby league, or there was rugby league, but not really. And you know, there was soccer, but it wasn't really like rugby. Yeah, it was the number one sport by a, by a mile, yeah, right? So yeah. to be to be an All Black was you know every kid's dream, right? So. And you know, we were schools were geared to rugby. Everything was geared to rugby. So to have that opportunity and to you know to make the All Blacks with you know some of my you know schoolmates and and clubmates was 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, do, have you are you much of a memorabilia guy? Like, do you have any? Of nah, 
Where, no. where, where's all the gear gone? No, 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 I don't have any gear. I, I have, I've got a, you know, I pretty much give. Oh, did you only get one? You didn't get one because you played, you didn't play any yeah, tennis, but I, you I think six I, games. I, yeah, I think you get a couple of jerseys, right. but the, the first jersey that you play and you, you get, oh, I think I might have got a couple, but I gave one to, to Modric. He was, a, he was a guy that got me into soccer. I'm a book collector and I found your book, um, mm. Take No Prisoners, which, um, it's a, it's like a time capsule. How old's that? How old's that now? Like thirty something. Years? I don't know. Like um, it came out like about the same time in the nineties, yeah. I think. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and that was that. Yeah, it was it was an interesting book there because I was, um, you know, in a pretty rough place. Um, I'd come back. I was playing for the Warriors. I was the highest paid player, well, definitely in the Warriors, but in the top two or three in the game. You know, I'd come back to a club off a high of winning a premiership and that sort of stuff, and then into an outfit that was pretty average, to be honest. Um, you know, off the field. a lot's changed since then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I, I guess I knew what I was coming back yeah. into. You know, I came for the money. I I, I didn't. What think, was the money? Yeah, it was around three quarters of a million back then, which Fuck. which was heaps. So which would be so? How many years ago are we talking? What's that was 95, 96, 97, 98. 95. So that'd be yeah. uh, so that's that'd be equivalent to say two and a half million a year. Yeah, now. it was big money. Yeah. It was big money. Oof. And then, you know, yeah, then what came with it was, you know, like all the drama that came with it. So, you know, I put a lot of pressure on myself to play well. And, you know, I started copying injuries and that sort of stuff. And then the treasurer of the club or the guy that, you know, pretty much ran the books, he leaked my wage to the, uh, to the media and all that what sort of prick. stuff. And then I, you know, I had issues with, you know, my teammates are like, fuck, the guy's on five times as much as I am. I'm playing better than he is. And, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was just an absolute nightmare. It's not right great there. for morale, is it? No, nah, it was just, it was <laughs> so bad. You know, like I was, and in and, and those days, you, you, uh, you went to talk about what you made. You yeah. know, like, so, yeah. so for this guy to leak this out, and then, you know, the papers were doing, you know, I was getting paid so much a minute, and it, it was, it was, it was a That's real, mean, eh? That's, oh, it was uh, a real shitty time, eh? Like, it was just, you know, like, and you could see, you know, like, the players, you know, some of them really had an issue with it, you know, and, and it's not it's not conducive to being, you know, to, to playing well as a team, you know, if, if one guy's getting paid shitloads more than everybody else, then, you know, there's jealousy and there's envy and there's all those sorts of things and, you know, then you're not playing well and then you're putting pressure on yourself to play well, you're coming back and trying to play when you're injured and, I was playing with some serious injuries. You know, I wasn't making any excuses for it, but and playing in a team that really had no backbone. And, you know, like, you know, I was one part of a, a very successful team at, at Manly. You know, they, they talk about the spine, but we, we didn't have a spine where we were. You know, like, we were just pretty average across the park. And um, even though individually we were good, we just didn't have the mentality, you know, and, and nothing's changed. The mentality in sport is, is the most important thing is your mental toughness and your ability to, to bounce back and to, you know, to hang in the dogfight and all that sort of stuff. The Warriors have never had it. Oh, they had it maybe 2001, 2002, 2003. They had it for a bit when Cleary was, you know, when he was coaching, but it's just not there, and, and I don't think it ever will be. Yeah, it's just... Just jinxed. I don't know if it's jinx. I just think like, well, now you just need to clean that place out. It's just, it's now it's just a joke, you know. Like, and you know, I I don't think the players are honest enough with each other, you know. Like, uh, you know, like I actually I read something in the paper the other day that they they're starting to give give it to each other on the field. Well, well, maybe they should. 
you know, like you need to have an honest conversation with guys because, you know, you need to say, hey, mate, you're not making your tackles, you're playing like a dick. You know, you, you shouldn't be up here, you know. Like, that's the thing, you know. Like, you win a premiership on defence, it's not hard to tackle. It's just commitment. It's just mind over matter and putting your body on the line, right, and just getting your getting your your team to do the same thing, right. And and that's what we always had We always had problems with, you know. Like, guys in the team always had weaknesses and, and players, would, other teams would work it out and they'd just attack those weaknesses. And if your defensive line is weak, and the Warriors have always had a pretty weak defensive line, except... 2002, 2003, you know, like when they've made those runs, they've been brutal, right? But the consistency's just not there. So um, it wasn't a fun time. Well, no, I, I, I can't imagine so. Um, you, you brought that up because I mentioned mentioned the book, but we're skipping all the all the good stuff, the glory years, the, yeah, yeah. the almost a decade that you had at, at Manly. Yeah, so, yeah. so there's a guy called John Gallagher who's um, – Who's playing for the All Blacks? Yeah, ginger-headed dude. Yeah, like the star fullback. So you're yeah. like, I, I don't have a chance. Yeah, making the team. Do you oh, think you would have left anyway? Like, oh, I wasn't the... like I didn't have a chance of making the team. I was right. real close to. I was real close on that tour to, to um, nudging him out. I can remember that um, he was. We were playing. I, I made the subs against Ireland, so I was on the bench against Ireland, and Kipper, okay. Kipper got an injury, and I was like, "Fuck, I'm on." And like he looked over, and there was no way he was going to get that opportunity. <laughs> like, and so he, he just guts it out. But um, but um, you know, just to get on the bench back in those, see, to like to get a test back in those days, to get on the bench was hard, right? Yeah. And then in those days, you didn't get onto the field unless somebody was injured. So there was no interchange. You just sat there, you know, like you got on the bench and you hoped that someone got injured because the fifteen players had pretty much just mm. played through. Whereas now you make the side, you're guaranteed a. You know, a run on. You yeah, know, if they like, all back through here by twenty, you're gonna. Or get even if they're not, you know, you just <laughs> like just so they wheel out the subs and you know, that's what I can say. So, it, like, it, like it's it's not. I, I won't say it's easy to get a cap now, but back in those days, it was just harder to get a cap. You know, so you had to hang around and. Well, yeah, you, you just have to look at the numbers now. Like how many yeah, how many are yeah, over a hundred caps? Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, what was I gonna say. So rugby was amateur, so there was no money there. There was no money, right? And so league was, was was money. So but you you guys both announced you were leaving rugby to play league around about the same time. Well, I didn't know. See, so, do, so, do you think he left because he was like, fuck this? No, no, no. He left for money. Like, Kipper left for money. It's the same same reason I did. But, but um, And why but, wouldn't you, by the way? Yeah. Well, see, I, when I went to well, – after the tour, I went to Italy and I played for a club called Piacenza in the north of Italy, and I was there for a couple of months, or maybe f- yeah, just over two months, and I absolutely loved it. I got paid. I was getting like 2,000 lira. It was nothing. It was maybe $3,000 a month, but it was mean because there was a lot for me, you know, and I was living in another country, and just so I, I had an absolute ball. I was playing, you know, rugby over there, and so it was just cool. Anyway, John Hart rang me up and said, get your you know, backside back here. You know, you, you need to get back home, so... I came back, I reluctantly came back, and I was like going to university, and then I got home from uni, and I had a message on my aunt's phone, it was Graham Lowe, and he was like, hey, mate, just wondering if you'd want to come and play rugby league. I didn't even think about it. Like, seriously, I, I gave it no thought whatsoever. I said, hell yeah. And um, so I rang him up and said, yeah, mate, bloody oath. And he flew over, he saw me, and he said, oh, what do you think you're worth? I said, oh, oh I don't know. And he just wrote on this um, – because I didn't know. I didn't have a fucking clue. You didn't have the balls to say no, it? Or? No, but I just didn't know. Right, you know, I, right. I didn't know what I was worth. I had no idea. You know, did like, you have any idea what other people were getting paid? No, no, no. nothing. 
Um, you know, we, you know, we'd heard that maybe somebody was on a hundred grand or fifty grand. I, I, I don't, yeah. I can't remember. But, but anyway, I, I went and met with him over at um, oh, the Poinama across the shore. Mm. He said, "Oh, what do you think you're worth?" And I was like, mm, "Not sure." And he, he just scribbled down on a serviette and passed it back over to me. And it was like thirty five grand and sixty five for the second year. And I was, and and then he was like, "And fifteen hundred dollars a one." And I said, how many games are there a year? And he goes, oh, there's 20-odd if you make the semis. But I said, okay, if we make it two grand a win, two grand a draw, and uh, $1,500 a loss, I'm in. And he said, no, you can't have the loss. I said, <laughs> I said okay, 1000 bucks a loss, and it was 1000 bucks a loss. And I signed, I happily signed. And then when I got over there, I just I was kicking ass. I was like, fuck, what have I done? But um, And I, I remember storming into his office after <laughs> about six weeks saying, Graham. <laughs> You've ripped me off, mate. <laughs> and because um, <laughs> I made the Kiwis, I made the Kiwis after four games, so I was kicking ass. And, Are you know, we I, better than what you thought you would be? Or no, uh, no, I, I uh, just no, I just I, I just I just happened to be kicking goals and just yeah. you know like yeah, I, I was just yeah. doing my job and I'd gone past their expectations and mine, I guess. And I stormed into his office and he said, "Mate, we've got a contract." And you know we did, but to to be fair, Graham he he organised me a job over there, which was just a pretty much a give me bless his heart. Um, Doug Myers arranged, so I was working for Lion, and you know that I, I was on a good wicket by the time you threw all that stuff, and so I, I didn't really have much to complain about. But yeah, um, hell of a time there with me. Actually, the time we are um, recording this podcast, it's um, late July twenty twenty two, and the the big news story over the last mm. couple of days has been about the Manly jersey mm. um, with a, a rainbow strip on, and mm. seven of the players, uh, for religious reasons, don't, mm. don't want to play. Now you played you you played in uh, for Manly in the nineteen nineties when Ian Roberts, mm. uh, I think the only openly. Yeah, gay league player and a hard bastard as well mm. was playing, and your yeah. mum's um, gay yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. What, what are you, what are your thoughts on all this? Oh, look, Does it piss you, you know, off? no, not at all. No. I, I think each to their own. You know, like mm. I, I think you know everyone's got their their beliefs and all that sort of stuff. But you know, we're all people in the end, so and we can't help who we are. You know, so I, I've got to say, you know, I think the religious aspect. I think you know it's. While it might be wrong religiously to be, I, I, I just, I just, I think religions. It causes a lot of. Yeah, we need to ban religion, eh? Yeah, like if, <laughs> if religion wasn't around, I don't think there'd be as many issues as we've got. You know, like I mean, this, you know, like I, I believe in some sort of higher power, but I certainly don't believe there's a guy up there who's God. He's got a beard and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I believe there was a Jesus back in the day who was just a you know charismatic Tony Robbins type, yeah, highly advanced you know human being. You know, you know, it's all this stuff we put all these things, all these people on a pedestal and this religion on a pedestal. It's 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 a bit of a joke if you ask me. I think you have just got to you know, like there'll be a lot of people out there that go, oh, you know, how can he say that? But you know, like. I think you've just got to use some common sense and all of this. And he didn't walk on water and all that sort of stuff. People, go, you've got to have faith, you know. You've got to have faith. I said, well, have you shown me anybody that can walk on water? You know, have yeah. I, has, has anybody since then walked on water? Yeah. No, you yeah. know, like has anybody water in the skies and you know, like and you know, I've risen up to the heavens and like no, okay. But do I believe in the universe and do I believe in karma and uh, yes. Absolutely, you know, I, I I absolutely believe in all that stuff. But do I believe in God? Um, no, I don't know how we got onto that. But oh, yeah. so the, oh, so, the, the so the, you know, so so being gay. So like, so hey, look, if you're gay, you're gay. You know, like I mean, there's there's no 
there's no way around that. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, like embrace it. You know, why is it, why is it, why is being gay any different to being straight? There's no difference, you know. So I, I just, you know, like life's hard enough as it is. Just embrace everybody, you know, respect everybody. Like, you know, we're all put on this earth to do something, right? Nobody's better than anybody else. Um, I don't care whether you've, you're rich, you're poor or whatever, you've just got to treat everybody the same way and everybody deserves that respect, you know, whether it's a beggar in the street. You know, we've all got a story to tell. You know, the, the, the coolest thing that I always find is when you smile at people and you engage with people, you know, like anywhere in the world, this happens to me anywhere in the world where people know me or don't know me or whatever, if you smile and you engage with people, like it's just so much easier. Everything just flows, you know. If you put out you're angry or you're aggressive or, you know, this, guess what you're going to get back? You're going to get that back. Yeah, true. You get what you give. You get what Absolutely. you give. So, so, and you're like, it's just, it's so much easier to give people a smile. You know, when people are pissed off or you go into a shop and they're, they're rude to you or whatever, or like, just let it go. You know, like, we've all, everybody runs around thinking that they're special. We've, everybody's, you know, like, once you get your ego under control, things change. Like, trust me, like, if you can get your ego under control, because that's just a phantom thing that we all have, right? Once you get that under control, nobody can hurt you. It's easy. Just but we teach the wrong stuff in school. We don't arm our children with the right tools. We're all, we all think we're super special, and, and we are, I guess, to a certain extent. But, hey, we're all the same. Yeah. You know, we've all got the same wants, needs. We all want to be loved. We all want to be cared for. We all want to be important. But you've got to earn that, right? And, you know, it's not just given to you on a platter. And... Thank God I wasn't born or raised in this era with social media and stuff. I, for me, that is just the biggest load of shit yeah. I've ever seen in my life. You know, oh, it's like, dangerous, isn't it? It's is so bad. Like, and you know, there's a reason why I bring that up. Like, so, so if I was playing when social media was around, I, it would have been fucking terrible. Well, we let us swear. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a podcast. Uh, it would have been bloody awful, right? Um, <laughs> Well, read, reading your book, mate, like there's so many stories in there where you think that person would have been cancelled. Like, Jared. Mate, we would have been, like, yeah. mate, with the whole, all of us would have been cancelled. Yeah, like, like, you know, you, you're not allowed to do anything, right? So. There, I read, there's a story in the uh, the newspaper yesterday about some of the All Blacks walking through the airport without masks on, and some guy came and told them off. And it's like, I'm thinking, mate, the day before this, I was reading reading Matthew's book, and he talks about Jared McCracken throwing a glass at you and you yeah, yeah. And hitting a lady. And yeah, yeah. And you had oh, a mate. mad Monday thing, and oh. one of your teammates ripping a shirt off a kid. Oh, mate, it was just, yeah, so, yeah, those days, like, social media and stuff, and there's a reason I don't do it, I don't do it You're not on anything? No, because it's a waste of time, you know, like, honestly, I'd rather be living my life, you know, I think it's good to, you know, to some extent, you know, you can keep in touch with people and all that sort of stuff, but, hey, you keep in touch by phone or what, I'd just rather be out there doing it, you know, like, and, you know, all these influences and all that stuff, I'm like, how are you an influencer? Like, like, it's, you know, like, what have you actually done? Like, what have you actually done to, like, or have you just created some little thing and you look real cool or real funny in your bedroom or whatever? Like, there's just so much shit. Like, we just got to get on with it. You know, like, life's for living, not like oh, these things, like phones, they're awesome. But, man, when you put your phone down, all your issues disappear. I, I just, I, I'm so glad that I am the age I am and that I am, not in that era because mm. I, I, I just I, I feel sorry for it. You, you've been like a father um, several times over. over we'll, yep. we'll get to that but, <laughs> five times. But, you, but you've um, you, you've had to like navigate that, I guess, with with your kids. And now you got yeah. young kids, and it's yeah, yeah. The but you know, like, changing again. Absolutely. But I, I think you have to arm your kids. You know, you have to 
be present when you're with your yeah. children, you know, and you, you, you know, when you bring children into the world, it's, it's, a, it's a big thing. It's not, it's not a joke. You know, you're, you're responsible for a, for a little human being. And, and I want to make sure that my children are, you know, a balanced, loved, feel cared for, they're nurtured. They, you know, and I, I think if you, if you do, you know, if you do a good job raising your children, then you've, you've been a good human being. You know, you're putting out a, a you know, like I, I'm really proud of all my kids and it can't be easy being, um, you know, uh, me being their father. You know, it's it's obviously a little bit different now, but for, for Jamie and, and Boston it would have been hard. You know, yeah, so they're, they're the older two from your first yeah. marriage with Sally. How, how old are they now? So Boston's 25 right. and Jamie's... Twenty-eight. That's right. Yeah, and and, um, right. and she's just recently become a mum. She's which means just, yeah. become a granddad. So I become a granddad. Yeah. So I just I, I went over there and I, I met him. Just we just came back from last week actually. So he's five months old, which was which was real nice. But um, yeah, it certainly makes you feel old. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you know, you look like the world's most buff granddad. I'll oh, tell you yeah, what. No, no, no. But um, anyway, so yeah, it's been um, it's been an interesting ride, Dom. I tell you that. But you know, oh, it's. Back to children, like that's the most important thing you'll do in your life, mm. without a doubt. You know, of everything I've ever done, I, I I can remember exactly when you know when my five children were born, exactly how I felt when you know when I saw them being born, you know all their milestones and all that sort of stuff. And and I've been really lucky enough to be present in their lives. Yeah, and and this this book of yours, which I keep referencing, called Take No Presence, which is like thirty years old now. You talk about um. um Actually, no, there's a documentary I saw as well, the the one you did with um JK called In a yeah. Different League. Yeah. And in that, that you talk about how you cried when you when you broke the news to your black teammates that you were leaving. Yeah. And then you also cried um at the birth of um both your kids. Yeah. You cried at the birth of Jamie. Yeah. And then when Boston came around you're like, Oh this isn't my first rodeo on Yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah. But you're emotional again. But you, you said back you said after that you're not a particularly emotional person, you've got quite a thick skin. Yeah. Has that changed as you got older? No, no, I well you, you yeah, cry much I, now? Yeah, I find I cry all the time. Yeah. Right? And it's I'm, good though, eh? It's good. Oh, I reckon it's awesome, mate. Like, you know, yeah. like I'll be driving along the car and I'll be like, I, I'll think about my kids or I think, you know, like I, I'm about to move to go and live in France, you know, and the reason why we're going to live in France is because I married a French woman and, and, um, and you know, I want my two children with her to speak their mother's tongue, right, and, cool. and to be raised in, you know, a different culture, you know, because they've been raised here for a bit. We'll come back and forth. But but anyways, um, and, you know, so, so I often find myself going, oh, you know, like, you know, I think about my eldest son. I'm like, oh, and I, I tear a roll down my face or I think about my daughter and, you know, like – but they're not tears of sadness; they're tears of joy. You know, like if uh, like you realize how much, how tight you are with your family. You know, like I don't. I, I've got a lot of people that I know. I've got really good friends, but when it comes down to it, the most important thing is your is your family. Absolutely, you know? and and yeah. that's it, right? And um um, you know, like I, I just feel truly blessed that I that I've got a you know. Five wonderful children, you know, and two two adult children have just have been an absolute privilege, you know. Um, I, I can't I can't talk highly enough about how lucky I am with with how they've turned out, you know. So, but that all comes down to Dom. It all comes down to being present and spending time with your yeah. kids. Yeah, you got to do the work. There's you no got to do the work, man. You have to do the work, and the reward is amazing. You know, like, um, you know, my two youngest now, like. 
for me being able to spend time with them, you know, like a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do what I'm doing, you know, because, you know, most of us are working nine to five or nine to 10 or, you know, two parents are working. We get home, we're tired. We The last thing we want to do is like go and read a book or engage with our kids. You know, we just want a bit of time for ourselves. So I completely get that, right? But so I feel like oh, I'm really lucky that I've, you know, I, I can do all those things with my kids. I get to bath them, I get to hang out with them, I get to, you know, and I get down on their level, you know. But it, it came a time for a little bit over, you know, I started enjoying myself a little bit too much and partying and, you know, like rah, rah, rah. And I just, when was this, like after your, after your first marriage yeah, break after, up? After, yeah, after, after footy, uh, you know, like, you know, it's, and I, I go through the party stage, you know. And um, I can remember not so long ago just thinking, wow, I'm going to stop this, man. You know, like this is just bollocks, you know, like, and, and I did. And the closer then I felt this closeness and this bond with my children just come back, you know, because mm. you're present again. You know, you're not thinking about, oh, what am I going to do this weekend or where am I going? Oh, I've got to hang over and oh, da da da. You know, like, so your focus is them, you know, and when your focus becomes them, which is as it should be, then they, you can develop like beautiful human beings, yeah. you know, and you can arm them with the right stuff because schooling and all that stuff, I think we arm our kids with the wrong shit. We need to arm our children with, you know, it's bloody tough out there, man, like the mental health side of things, you know, competing with people, all that sort of stuff. We've got to give them different tools to work out how they get ahead in life. And it's not by, you know, you don't get ahead in life by having more money than anybody else. You've just got to be balanced, loved, nurtured, you know, like that's the way to go, I reckon, because then everything just balances itself out. You know, like money gives you money, money. Money gives you a little bit of freedom in that, but it, it you know, and then by the other token, you know, poor people. You, say, I, I, you go to India. This was real cool. I went to India, and these little kids come out of these hovels and they've got big smiles on their faces, right? And I was like, wow, you live in an absolute shithole. Like, I mean, a shithole, right? Like, it, you just wouldn't go there. And they are happy as Larry to see you. You know, they just, they don't know any better. You know, like, and we're in New Zealand, we're all like, oh, life's tough. It's like, we, we don't know how lucky we are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's a saying I really like that um, comparison is the theft of joy, which is so true. It's like, yeah. yeah. 100%. It's yeah. envy, right? Yeah. It's envy. Yeah. So when you like, and that's that's with all the social media stuff, and that's how I like, you know, when you get on Instagram and you see all these people with all these flash lives and that, it's a load of bullshit. People are putting up, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm, mask. I'm this and I'm that and da da da. <laughs> hey, you, what you've got to remember is just like, yeah. I don't care if you've got a trillion dollars, you've still got the same problems we've all got. Right, you all still want to be loved. You still want to be needed. You still want to be cared for. You still want to be respected. Right, just because you got all that doesn't necessarily mean you have those things. Right, so you know when people are putting up all these flash pictures and these stories, and I'm in Fiji, I'm here, and I'm there, and I da da da. Hey, guess what? They're still in the background. They've still got all the same issues yeah. you've got. You know, so it's it just distorts stuff. It's funny. I had your old mate uh, John Kerwin, Sir John yeah. Kerwin, on the on the podcast, yeah. and he's that's his big drive at the moment, like getting uh, like resilience training and mental health training in primary yeah. schools. Yeah. So arm kids with these tools and yeah, but age. the right stuff, you know, yeah. like and yeah. it doesn't matter what people think about you because it doesn't. As long as you are respectful, as long as you care, as long as you are holding yourself in the right frame and you're in the right frame of mind, then you like, what does it matter what anybody else thinks? It doesn't. You know, and that's that's the thing. All our kids are like, you know, oh, I, I, I want to be friends with him. Who cares? Just like, mm. 
just get on with your life, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I think you've got to be nice to people. It's like when I was growing up, there was a, a saying that my parents installed with me, um, sticks and stones may break, break my bones, bones, but names, but names will never hurt me. But names, the name no, quality thing na- does hurt. Names do hurt you. Like, that's the thing. Names do Probably hurt you. Probably even right? more. Yeah, they do hurt you. I'd rather get a punch in the head than somebody say, yeah. Like, but that, that's very true. You know, all those um, those idioms or whatever you call them, they're, yeah. they're, they're all, you know, they're true to a certain extent, but... Names do hurt you. That's why, like, social media is so powerful. So when you read something or you hear something, or especially if you read something, you know, it sticks with you, right? So be careful what you say. Be careful what you say to people. Think about how it would, would affect you if that was said to you, you know? Like, yeah. And I, I'm, no, I'm no angel. I've said some nasty things. I've done some nasty things. I've yeah, although there's that saying, um, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it. But I, I, I had a, a very successful radio career. Yeah. You've been a, a, a sports um, yeah. a sports pundit or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah. You have to say unkind things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you need to be, you know, you've got to speak your truth, right? But there's time, like, you know, there's times I wish that even though what I see, I, I don't think I've deliber- I've never deliberately seen anything that's untrue or mm. that I haven't believed. You know, I, you know, I, I would never, like, throw anybody under the bus with a load of bullshit. A lot, lots of people do that, you know, which is disgraceful. But, you know, even though it is what I believe, I think sometimes you don't need to say it. If it's if it's going to hurt somebody, you know, then what's the point of saying it? Does, do you need to say it? No. Like, you know, I think in that book I said, you know, like, you know, I, I love Lowy, you know, and, and but he wasn't the – the best coach that I'd had, you know, and I, and he called himself the master coach. And then in the book I said, you know, he's not the master coach, the real master coach is that. But, like, he was a master coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was in his particular way. He was a master at doing mm. what he did. But, you know, the things that I said that I just – I wish I could take it back and go, you know what, yeah, okay, that, that it's probably true, but I didn't need to say that. Yeah. You know? Do you um, – yeah, what's your what's your self-talk like these days? Like, uh, you know, are you, are you quite kind to yourself? You know, like yeah, no, I reckon I'm a good bloke. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're like, in your own headspace. Like you, you yeah. brought up the lower thing. You, you don't, you don't ruminate too much. Over, oh no, nah, no nah. nah, shit, no, 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 no. Like, hey, look, I, I never go backwards and I don't go forwards. Mm, you're in you the know, moment. I, I try and live in the moment, yeah. Tom. You know, like, for what, what's the point? Like, what's the point of projecting yourself into the future? You know, the future may never come. You know, like, and that's the other thing. You know, we worry about all this shit. Oh, this might happen. This might happen. This might. Happen. Fuck, it might happen. You know, like we like, and these are the things I'm talking about arming our kids with. You know, mm. like don't worry about all the stuff that's in the future, and mm. certainly don't worry about the stuff that's happened in the past. Mm. The only thing that matters is right here and now, because that's the only thing you can yeah. control, right? So yeah. that's the sort of stuff that I, you know, that I really get into. It's like, and when you when you ground yourself and you stay present, hey, everything just seems to it gets easier and things get lighter, and you don't take yourself so seriously, and your ego doesn't come into play as much, and it's just. It's just easy, you know. Like it's just, it's a much, it's a much better place to be. Fuck! It seems like you're in a good place. Shit! I just looked at the clock. We've been going for forty nine minutes, and we haven't even wow. touched upon the the second part of your career, which is the the epic TV career. Yeah. Um, what time do you have to be out of here? You, no, you, no, we, we keep going. You got a school pickup, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a school pickup. Okay. Yeah. Well, because yeah, I mean, the, the, the TV stuff. We'll, we'll get into this, but it's like um, what you and Mark Ellis did yeah. is sort of like what Hamish Nandy do now. Yeah. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What John and Ben do, and, yeah, and yeah. except that those Hamish Nandy broadcasters, John and Ben broadcasters, yeah. you guys, epic sporting yeah. legends before yeah. that. So yeah. that that needs to be talked about. First of all, um, like, what's your relationship like now with with your ex Sally? And I bring that up because um, there's some really cute stuff in the book. Yeah. I actually bummed into her yesterday at yeah. Farrow Fresh, which is a supermarket around the corner. Yeah, and, yeah. No, Sally, uh, I know she was Sally. You know, like she's the mother of my two, you know, two eldest children, and. We had a period in our lives where we were together, and now we're not. You know, so no. Is it amicable now? Was it was it rough for a while? Oh, it's it's always rough when somebody leaves somebody. Yeah, you know? like it's yeah. it's not easy. You know, it's it's you know breakups aren't easy, especially when the kids involved, and you know, and then other people get involved. So yeah, it wasn't easy, but um, but you know, we're, we're well through that now, and yeah. she's got her life, and I've got my life, and you know, she's. Been a great mum to all her children, and you know she's just getting on with what mm. she's doing. Some cute, cute stuff in the book. So she talks about when you, you first met. Mm. I was at some bar in Parnell. Mm. She said you you had your shirt unbuttoned all the way down to your belly button. Oh, she was lying. <laughs> I heard exaggerate. But I, so I three buttons, have... three buttons down. Probably a couple. <laughs> Probably de- <laughs> definitely a couple. But I, it was funny though. I had no, con- I had zero confidence. Um, you know, like even though I was a athlete and all that stuff i just had no zero confidence well, it seems like maybe you just put on a really good mask or a really good front because the way yeah. she tells it she was with some guy and you're like ditch him come with us that oh. doesn't seem like a man with no confidence yeah no I, I think that i think i do remember that but i'm pretty sure i would have been full of piss so, yeah. Yeah. so and that's that's just, a dutch, that's just a dutch courage i guess but um and then um she she talks about how or maybe you talk about this. Well, on your on your first pro, like, proper date, like she doesn't even speak a word. No, no, yeah. she did. She she was very shy. Yeah, she was very very shy. It was it was hard to mm. uh, you know to get Break through, through that facade. Yeah. yeah, or to get through. And and um, and then she, you talk about flying like flying backwards and forwards from Australia. Like some mm. days some days you'd wake up in New Zealand, yeah. fly over to Australia for a training, and then come back. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, bonkers. That, you know, I, I didn't do that often, but. That's yeah, a, that, that is a, that is a man that's in love. Or oh, love's a funny thing. Oh yeah, you, you don't you don't know. You're quite a romantic guy. I'd like I like to think I am. Although my wife Chloe, who's, so she's she the, was, she's your current the French one. She's my French. Yeah. How did you guys meet? Where so was that? We met in um, we we met in we met in New Zealand. Yeah, I I, I had a broken heart at the time, right? And I was riding through the um through the viaduct on my BMX shirtless. I don't think it was, <laughs> it was about 5.30 or 6 o'clock, you know, I was on a Friday night, I was riding yeah. through and I was just going past you, I was like just scouting around, you know, as you do. And um, I saw these two girls walking towards me and and I saw I saw one was blonde and one was dark hair 
I, I, I saw Chloe, I was like, oh, my God, who's that? And I just sort of rode right up to her. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, she, was like, she was like, uh, I was like, oh, g'day. And I, I just, I pretty much just followed her around all night, you know, like it was embarrassing. And, um, and her mate came up to me right at the end of the night and she said, look, Matthew, I know who you are. But Chloe's got no clue, and she's not interested. And I was like, oh, listen. Well, you're pulling out all the stops. Like, it was being yeah, just yeah, super, I, super charming. Yeah, yeah, I was following around. I was following around. I, I'm yeah. riding around on a BMX, you know, but I'm an old dude. And she said, oh, that's right. The first thing she said to me, she goes, oh, how, how come you're riding your son's bike? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she was only 24, and I would have been close to, I think, 40 at the time. And... Um, <laughs> She uh, anyway, uh, and her friend said, "You know, she's not interested." And I said, "Oh, look, she she hasn't seen me dance yet." And so I, I went up to her and I said, "I said, I oh, look, Chloe. I said, look, I'm going to leave you alone." It was about three o'clock in the morning. I can't remember where we were, what club was in Fort Lane. I said, "Look, but can can I just let's just have a little dance?" And we're on the dance floor. I said, "Look, just give me your number and I'll leave you alone." And she gave me a number. The next day, I rang it. And I thought, oh, she she would have thought about it, and you know, like she she'll have found, found out who I am, and she, oh, I'll be sweet, oh, she, I'll be able to go on a on a date with her because I want to take her out for dinner. And I rang her, and she, and she was just cold, like it was like mm. I was like, oh, hey, hey, it's Matthew, blah blah blah, and she just literally asked me. And then I I got off the phone, I was like, oh, that didn't go too well. And then she sent me a text, she said, hey, Matthew, it's complete, it was nice meeting you last time, but I'm not interested, mm-hmm. you know, just leave me alone. And I was like, oh, shit. So that really just rocked me back a bit for like three or four weeks. Anyway, I didn't run into her again for about four years. And I was on a beach in, um, over at uh, in Takapuna. And I saw this girl. And I was like, oh, my God, who's that? You didn't recognize her? Oh, I didn't recognize her. Yeah, yeah, no, right, no, I was right. like, oh, fuck, who's that? You know, I was, and, and she was with a bunch of friends of mine. So I sort of see me sort of said to them, oh, hey, look, you know, like I'm going to SPQR tonight, do you want to come along, you know, blah, 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 thinking that, you know, she might hear and might come along, you know, because she was sort of looking at me through her glasses and I, I could see her looking at me and I was looking at her. Anyway. So the penny dropped for her. No, the penny dropped for her, but not for right, me. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so, so my mate. My mate rang me as I was heading home and he goes, oh, mate, you didn't tell me you knew Chloe. I said, what? What are you talking about? She goes, oh, she reckons you tried out, you asked her out a few years ago. I said, oh, whatever, mate. I've never met this girl in my life and I'd completely forgotten about it. But anyway, so I ran into her at the, at the um, at, she did turn up to SPQR and, I, and I, I said, hey, I've got a bone to pick with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she said, oh, you don't remember. And she told me, so I was like, oh, you're the girl. And then from that, that, that was it. So we just we spent about three or four months together and then she went off to Dubai and we had a long-distance relationship and then we just decided, shit, you know, like she tried to forget me, I tried to forget her. just didn't happen. And now she's trying to forget me again. She's, she's, she's <laughs> shot off to France. She's been there for six weeks and now I'm going to chase her again over there. So, yeah. Timing's a funny thing, eh? What, what, Mate, I, I why you, so why was she was, frosty on your first time? Was she oh, that's someone right. at the time? Yes, yeah, she was. Okay. That's right. I, right. I, sorry. I'm like, that's right. So... So she, I, I call her and she's sitting in the car with her with her boyfriend. Oh fuck! Okay. And well, so my phone comes, my my name comes through on her phone, and he's like, "So why is Matthew Ridge calling?" And, she, and she's like, <laughs> "Oh, I don't know. Like, you know, we we hadn't done anything or anything like that, but yeah, just a yeah, fact." And yeah. so and so she. Why she, are you giving your number to this? She guy? actually she was yeah. she actually got engaged to that guy and went over to Cairns and was about to marry him and then just went, "Nah, I'm I'm not going to do it." And she came back to New Zealand. 
and I was in New Zealand, and that's when we met at the beach. Yeah, yeah. so it was meant to be amazing. Okay, so you so you got five kids. So you got two, the, two with two Sally, with, two with Sally, uh, one, one with, with Carly, one with Carly, Carly London, Biden, who's, who is yeah. a freakish. He's a freakish soccer player. He's going to be. He, he is. He's a real talent. How, how old's he, and where do he, they live? Yeah, he's eleven. Uh, so they live. Well, um, London lives with 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 me and and Carly, yeah. but but he'll be spending a, a more time with Carly now, obviously, but. But he'll be coming up to Europe and Christmas and that sort of thing. But they live in uh, Mungary Bridge. He's a real good soccer player, and um, yeah, I think he, I think he could go places actually. Mm, uh, wow. See what happens there. But um, yeah, and then obviously uh, with with my wife Chloe, we've got Kenzo who's nearly five, and Lola who's nearly three. Is it quite nice having these sort of three three chapters of your life? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, like. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, having two children really close together, like uh, Kenzo and Lola, are two years apart, and that's been a real eye opener for us. It's actually—I don't know how people do it. It's, it's quite hard. Like I don't know how normal when I say normal people, people that have to work every day, mum and dad have to work every day and raise their kids, especially young children like that. I don't know how they do it. Like because like I, I'm a full time dad. You know, we're lucky enough to be able to spend time with our kids. And it is hard work, man. Yeah. You know, like it is full on. You know, like you, you you don't get any time to yourself until they go to bed. You know, like and Chloe's over there now. You know, they're not in daycare. They're not in school yet. And you know, so she's had sort of six weeks, and she's beside herself. You know, mm. like it, it's 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 mentally challenging. You know, because they're just so demand. They're, they're amazing, but holy holy smokes, like <laughs> it's hard work. Do you think? Um, yeah, because of the, the the age and the stage and the place you are in your life, you like you're a better dad now with these oh, younger 100%. ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, because when I had uh, Jamie in Boston, I was focused on my sport and all that sort of stuff. It was cool because I I I, I wasn't working a nine to five, so and I loved the baby stage and all that sort of stuff. But but I was still sort of more focused on myself and you know trying to be the best best athlete I could be and trying to get ahead in life and you know, make money, buy a house, you know, just do all those things. All right, let's um, get into this TV stuff. Correct me if I get this wrong, but Julie Christie, Dame Julie Christie, yep. so she gets you to host the, the game show The Chair. Is that how it starts? Is that how your TV thing started? Uh, it was a TV show John yeah, McEnroe done, hosted I've in the States. I've done heaps of shows. Eh? No, I think we started, We Macca and I got together on – it was Julie's idea, but it was ANSET New Zealand Time of Your Life. Oh, I remember that with um, my was, mate Hamish Mackay and yeah, Petra Bagus. Yeah, and yeah. they hosted the show, but we had a segment inside the show, right? And and I can't remember what we did, but anyway, yeah, we had a segment. Mac and I had a segment inside the show, and it just it just sort of everybody liked it, and it just took off. And then, so how, how were you two friends? Did you play together in the Warriors? Did you talk? Yeah, yeah, we met each yeah, other at the right. Warriors. So I, I don't know why. Julie decided that Mark and I should get together. I don't know how it happened. She just said, look, you know, do you guys want to do a TV show? And, I, we, you know, we went, well, okay. And then from that we got the fresh up and the deep end ads and then from that it just ballooned into, show, you know, Game of Two Halves came right, along. Right. We, did, we did Game of Two Halves for 10 years and then and then we we sort of did our own spin-off. Where we, yeah, the Rocky Road series. The Rocky Roads, which yeah. were awesome. And then, you know, in between that I did the chair and which – yeah, so then McEnroe got that. So the BBC, like I nearly got that show. I nearly ended up doing it in the, for the BBC. Wow. Yeah, the TV stuff was was really interesting. But it's like I said at the start, you know, like you you give yourself a character, and you know everybody loved Macca, you know, 
how can you the likable rogues. Yeah, there's the likable yeah, rogue, yeah. you know, and then there's a the fucking, you know, like the brooding, you know. So, <laughs> so that that was that was the that was the role that we both took, you know, and that was real cool, you know. So so it actually worked really well, you know, and and I used to send myself up all the time, and you know, like, and we were really competitive as well, you know. We we were trying to beat each other and that sort of stuff, and we just had amazing chemistry, you know. But we got on like a house on fire. We both both. Um, you know, enjoyed each other's company. We had the best, you know, we were super lucky to, to achieve what we did in, in television. And, you know, like, you know, when I, I think back, and we, we made shitloads of money. Like, it was a ridiculous amount of money we were getting paid to do what we were doing to have a bit of fun, you know. Like, yeah. um, it was just, it was it was real cool. I, I felt really privileged to to create something like that with, with a really good dude. And, and Julie Christie was amazing, you know, like her foresight and, and Daryl McEwen, he was involved in all that stuff. He he was he was a bit of a genius as well. So, you know, we, we had really good um, people that were looking after us, but we just had that chemistry, you know, and and um, and people seemed to like it. Well, the fact it went for so long, I think, is uh, proof yeah. of that, right? Yeah, it was funny. It was and, then, and then TVNZ decided that they were like it was. I'm still rating pretty well, but I think there was a change at TVNZ, and um, the guy came in. I or the big boss said, "I oh, look, you know." If you're going to do it again, you have to take a pay cut. And me and Mac were like, "What? <laughs> like, nah." So we just binned it, and then we we pretty much just binned everything, right? And, and so when that finished, oh, I just yeah, we just decided, oh, you know, we'd had a good run, and that was pretty much it, you know. Yeah. 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 Were, were you guys quite quite close? Because I've sort of found with radio partnerships, I've yeah. had you spend so much time with each other. You can be good friends, but not definitely moving. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. We, we definitely like Mac and I have like are good mates. Do we see each other all the time? Absolutely not. I can't remember was the last time I've seen Mark. Mm. You know, like, but it, it, he leads a, you know, he's an international jet setter and he leads a life, and and, and so do I. So, um, but yeah, we 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 were tight as when we were together, but we led a completely different life away from you know from our, yeah. our television and stuff. When when he when he started his juice company, he wasn't like, oh Matthew, do you want to you want to buy into this? I'm no 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 no. He did well out of that, didn't oh, he? He did very well, you know, and and, and he deserved it too because yeah. he you know he worked hard and he copped a lot of shit and you know, but you know. Oh, you mean the um the the court thing with the. Yeah, selling, well, some, selling some pills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. He wasn't selling. He was just he, right. He's hooking got, up his he, mates. Yeah, yeah. And, and but I, yeah, that, was that, that happened when we were we were overseas. We were in the UK, right? So he was just Charlie's was just launching. Was just going public, and we were in the UK filming for um, for Rocky Road. And he got this phone call, and I can I can I oh, Julie rang me, and she goes, Matthew, I can't believe it's not you. I'm like, <laughs> she goes. But I need to speak to Mark. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I can remember watching him, and he was just like, it just floored him, right? And that there was a thing about Macaray, like I love him to death, man, and I'd do anything for him. And I always felt like, like I just felt like you know he was always a happy go lucky, really. Um, but he was actually a very serious person, you know, like he he wasn't as happy go lucky as he seemed, you know, like yeah, he had a deep thinking side. Oh, he was yeah. a very deep thinker, you know, and and and. You know, like uh, he 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 thought long and hard about things, and you know, like uh, you know, like to the point where he would get down on himself. You know, and you could uh, you could see that sort of stuff. But he would betray that he was a happy-go-lucky dude, right? And there you go. That's the thing. You know, like so. Mm. You know, like just because you see somebody as 
that it doesn't necessarily mean that that's their life, you know. Yeah, like, and everyone's got a mask to some degree, don't yeah, they? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, like, oh, that, that's what I said to at the start of the show. You know, you, you have to wear a cloak, especially if you're a public figure, because if you don't, mate, you, you let all these people in, you just get burnt. Yeah, that was a, a rough time for him. I remember his um, little uh, speech outside. Uh, court after his appearance and it seems um, particularly rut like it's, that sort of thing never happens now it's like yeah. they, if you turn up to a festival with a bunch of pills yeah, uh, yeah, for you yeah. and your mates the police aren't, aren't interested in yeah, yeah. No, they're was, interested and, in the common mate, they, or, but they, yeah. weren't, they weren't interested in Macca they were trying to get me and it was, it, they, they were real fizzed about getting me but I wasn't there <laughs> right what were, they, what were they trying to get you on oh, like, just, no they, they, were, they were hoping that it was me because they, they'd, 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 they'd staked out Toddy got done too Toddy got done for right. procuring cocaine for Lana Cocroft, right? We allowed to say that? Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, it's public yeah. knowledge. And um, I was in the hotel in the foyer, and Macca had been been and gone and, and seen them, they'd obviously seen him on camera, and, and Toddy had gone up and da-da-da. And Toddy came down and he goes, oh, mate, old mate, why don't you go up and see him? I was like, ah, no, I can't be asked," you know? And um, – but they, they had me on camera in the foyer, right? So they had all these people coming and going, oh, coming wow. and going, coming and going, coming and going, right? So, yeah. Like no. Someone was watching over you that day. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, but, yeah, funny, eh? Wow, Absolutely funny. funny. It's, it seems like that was um, a hedonistic time. Uh, I, I've had Mike King on the podcast, and he yeah. talked about how much coke he was doing in the game of two halves days. Mate, I see, like, I, I think we're all smashing the shit out of it to some extent, <laughs> you know? Like, we're definitely, like, um, yeah. Like, we've all lived a pretty vigorous life. There's no doubt about it, you know. But yeah. what I will say is, as you get older, you cannot live like that. Mm. You know, like just it makes absolutely no sense. You don't have the time. And you know what? I, I, I'll say this about um, you know, I, I love having a drink and having a bit of fun, just like the next person. But the downside is just so much worse than the upside. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's if you're gonna like, have a big one, you gotta pick and choose and You gotta pick and choose and then yeah. you know, like even then it's like oh, now I'm just like, man, I, I just I just do not wanna feel down for two, three days, you know, like mm. and, and crock or whatever, and it's all good fun, but you know, and you push through and you find four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, you're like, Hey <laughs> And then you're yeah, like but, Well if you're in a happy uh, relationship yeah. and you're not trying to pick up, it's Oh no, but if we my, I, we me and my wife, we party we used to party Together, Seriously, right. yeah, we party together. You know, we do everything together. That's 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 why we're we're soulmates. You know, like yeah, we don't do anything not together, right? So, and 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 she, she's a heathen, and I was a heathen. You know, that's just, that's just <laughs> well, how we were. What are your what are your vices now? You like a bit of weed? Anything no, like I don't. I, I, I honestly, I don't. I've I've pretty much just kicked everything into touch, eh? Just because I really just don't have the time I, or I, energy I, it's or the not, desire. I, I, see, for me, I'm a I'm an all in mm-hmm. or all out. Like so, if I'm into something, I'm all into it, right? And so it's it becomes a lifestyle, and you know, like I, I just don't have the time or the inclination or or the want. I've been there, I've done it, I've had my fun, you know, like and I, I've 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 smashed the living shit out of it, right? So I just don't need to do it anymore, you know. Like it, it's not that I I I I won't have a drink with my mates or have some fun with my mates or whatever, but now I just I just it's like. Hey, there's a time and a place, mm. and if it, if you know it's, but it's it's not every weekend or it's not yeah. every week or it's not every, you know, like it's just 
varieties of spice of life and yeah. everything with the moderation. Oh, it's good that you, you, you've got it under control. Yeah, because I, I talked to Mike King about this. I said, oh, when, when when did it get to the point that it became like a chore for you or boring? And he was like, yeah. it never did. Yeah, it yeah, never yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I no, still think about Coke every day. No, it didn't for me either. But <laughs> yeah. it's just, it got to the point where I was like, hey, you know, like this isn't really me, you know, like yeah. and I'm, I guess I'm better than this. And, you know, you just go down a, you go down a deep, dark hole as well, you know, like it becomes becomes habitual and then, you know, then you just, you lose sight of the things that are important. You seem to have like no, no chip on your shoulder or anything these days. Nothing so you're quite zen. Are you quite a no. zen dude? I don't have a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I, 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 About I, anything or anyone? No, nah, like it, there's just no point, you know, like I just, you know, like I'll call a spade a spade and I'll, I'll call it how I see it. But like I say, you know, like we, we wash cards for a living, my son and I, and we run quite successful businesses and that sort of stuff. You know, we're not Gascoilineers, but we do okay. But, you know, like I, I, I try and serve people, you know, I, I get a real joy out of doing what I do. You know, I just, I, I just find, Dominique, that, you know, that if, you're, if you're kind to people, you get kindness back. It's taken me a long time to work that out, but, you know, like, you know, like people have an opinion about me and all that sort of stuff, and, you know, I can see if I walk into a restaurant here or whatever, you know, people look at you and, if, you know, you can see some people raise their eyes or whatever. But I just let all that go, you know, and I, I just try and when I meet people, just try and let them see me for who I am and mm. I try and see them for who they are. And life just becomes a lot more lighter. Mm. If you're not taking yourself so seriously, yeah. you know, like, oh, fuck it, mate, it's, well, you know what it's like. Mm. We're only here for a short time. Yeah, absolutely. And then we're dust, mate. Mm. You know, like, that's it. Like, it's like, so why have all the angst? Why carry around this ego and all that sort of stuff? Like, I just reckon it's easier to be, stay in the present and do the things you want to do. And your um your mental health over the years it's been it's been pretty good. Like uh, I've been really lucky, yeah. mate. You know, yeah. like I you know like I'll have a cry and all that sort of stuff. But I I, I like being emotional. Like yeah. I'm an emotional person. Like I'll fall. Does part of that? Does, do you think that's just a natural progression with your age, or has that come from having like a European wife? Oh, you know how the Europeans no, it's, are. It's a deep, it's a natural progression right. with my age. But right. my wife is fiery as buggery like me. You know so. <sighs> So we, we, you know, but, but uh, you know, as you get older, like, you sort of, uh, like, you realise what works and what doesn't. And, you know, raising your voice and yelling and screaming, it doesn't do anything other than just, I, I tell you what I notice when I raise my voice, my kids start raising their voices. Mm. And then when you're aware of that, you're like, wow, that's just, I can't communicate like that, you know, mm. like, so I've just got to try and just, you know, we get frustrated and everybody does you know, says things that you don't mean all that stuff, but just, and then if you do something, if if you if you say something that you know that's, you know, out of line or whatever, just say sorry. Mm. It's simple. Like I, I, I'm always saying sorry when I when it's not even my fault. I say, hey, babe, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, it's just fucking it's, it's so and like just take the heat out of the situation. Mm. Babe, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to do that. Mm. You know, I'm sorry if you're upset. You know, like as long as you're genuine, mm. that's all you can. That's and that's you know when somebody says sorry, that's it. There's nowhere else you can go from there. Yeah. So if the person you've said sorry to still wants to carry a drug, well, let them – sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's on them. That's on them, yeah, mate. Yeah. You know, like – and sorry is an easy word to say. Yeah. It, it actually is, and then it just disarms the whole situation. Oh, I, I, if, if it's the harder the apology, the harder it is to say, though. Mate. Oh, yeah, but, like, you, you've got to – like, you've got to own your situation. That's yeah. the thing. You, you've got to own it. Like, it, like if you've realised you're wrong, then – don't dick around with not apologising. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, like just get on the front foot and say, "Hey, pick up the phone," or go and see them and say, "Hey, look, I'm really sorry." 
that wasn't me or yeah. hey, that wasn't, uh, you know, that I, I shouldn't have said that or whatever. You know, you, you just got to own it. Yeah, that's you, a- you got to be, you got to take responsibility for your actions, your words, and all that stuff. And when you own that stuff, then you just, mate, you can sit back and go, hey, look, yep. Shouldn't have done it, but I've apologised. That's all I can do, and that's all you can do. What are you going to do? What, what's a person going to do? Well, well, nah, mate. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's not well, good enough. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. What else would you like me to do? Do I have to neck myself, or yeah. you know, like yeah, at least at that point, it's like it's, you've, you've it's, got your, your hands and, and conscience yeah, yeah, clean. yeah. As long as it's a genuine apology, yeah, you know, like yeah. it's and and that's I just find that if you can step up to the plate real quickly and get that out of the way, it's so much easier. That's a massive um, Navy SEALs thing. It's one of their golden rules. It's like own as much of your shit as Hard. you can. Hard. Like if it's your responsibility, own it. Yeah. If you if it's not you and you and you haven't made that mistake or, you know, like it's somebody else's fault, then, hey, cool. But, you know, like all this conflict and all this angst, it's just we don't need to have it. Most of the time it all comes back to our ego. Mm. It's all how everybody's positioning themselves in it, right? So if you can let go of your ego and go, ah, what does it matter? Because it doesn't. Yeah. What is it going to change the world? No, nothing. When um, when, when did when did you? I mean, you you had every right in the world to have have like a big ego. Like you're very very good at sports. Yeah. Very successful. Very successful at TV. When um, when did the how how did you strip the ego back? Or when uh, did that I, I just when I sort of when I left when I left Sally and I just started thinking about you know what life's all about and you know like where am I? What am I doing? Where am I from? What, what what's important to me. And I just started reading, you know, and I just, you know, it's, it sounds eerie fairy and all that sort of stuff, but I just got into, you know, reading about spirituality and, you know, spirit and just, you know, and I, I don't like to push that stuff on anybody, you know, but that's just, that's the road that I, that I took and that I, I always just, you know, just come back to it. It's, it's, I guess it's like religion. If you're religious, that's what you're into, but I, I'm more into that stuff. Whereas, it's, uh, nobody pushed it on me. I just, I just, I just sort of found my way to it, and just was asking questions about, you know, why am I here? What actually am I here for? Because I'm not here to chase a bit of leather around. I, I, I'm not here to make money. So those were the questions mm. that I was asking. And I just, you know, and I just found books and stuff on that, and, and, and away I went. So, but you know, but you, you slip back into your ways. But I, I, I tell you what, I'm challenge anybody to, to say this isn't true. You feel way better when you live in the present. Mm. You know, project yourself into the future. You know, you're thinking about, ah, oh, you know, it's okay to plan and all that stuff. And then stuff that's happened in the past, that's a past. Mm. Cares. You know, okay, own it, say sorry, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But that's the past. I can't change that. That's a future that may never happen. The only thing I can control is here and now. And when you live there in the here and now, and it's real hard to do because our minds play tricks on us. Yeah. And we always, you know, we're. You know, you'll be driving along. You know, when you're driving along, this is what driving along, and you're drifting away, and you're thinking, you're thinking, and then you catch yourself and you go, "What am I thinking about? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm thinking about shit in the future, yeah, or shit in the past, yeah. What the? Wake up, mate. Yeah, you know. I saw a therapist a couple of years ago, and she was like, "When when your mind starts wandering like that, you need to when you realize you're pulling yourself back and ask yourself, is this helpful? Yeah. And if it's not, just fucking bin it. Yeah, hard. So it's it's like you you've actually got to watch yourself. Mm. You know, so you step outside yourself and you just watch yourself and you just watch and you look at your mind ticking over and you go, and when you do that, you're like, wow, it's it's actually real good. Even just talking about it, you can actually see it, you know. So that's that's the sort of thing that, um, you know, that that's that's what I, I try and live my life by now and, and 
you know, I, and I was very egotistical. I was very driven. I was very aggressive. I was very like, you know, I'm going to get there and all that sort of stuff. But that's important. But I think what the most important thing is is, is to be a decent person. Yeah. I mean, everything that you've you've been through in your in your life has taken you to um, where you are today and the person you are today. But yeah. uh, would would you change anything if you could go back? That's a real good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real good question. Oh shit! Where but, do we start? No, no, no. no that's no, a no, real no. good question. But no, I, I, <laughs> I'd have to say. I'd have to say there'd be a few things I'd change. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know, mate. I don't know. I, I would, I would, I would definitely be, definitely be a lot kinder. Mm. You know, I would definitely say to that young man, you don't need to be like that. You don't need to, you know, like because normally most of the time when you react to stuff, it's because you've been injured, right? Mm. So if you can, if you can just forget about that stuff and forget about the I, then you usually you're okay. Start thinking more about how other people feel. And then just life becomes a lot easier, you know. And then, and you know what? When you actually give a shit about how everybody else is going, things actually start going really good for you because people see you as something. Oh wow! Oh, what a cool. not that yeah. you want it to be like that, but it's just it just it just sort of manifests. Mm-hmm. I hate those sort of words, but yeah. No, no, it's it's, it's true. It's like the um, I think this is even a biblical thing. You know, you reap what you sow. It's, Mate, it's, it's like totally you know what? It's so corny. It's, it's yeah, not corny, yeah. but you reap what you sow. It's like if you put out on this, on that. If you if you are an angry person, you're just going to attract angry people. If you're a loving, caring, nurturing person, that's what you're going to attract, and it's the truth, right? So, yeah. Um, it's funny if we were sitting. We, we, first of all, we never would have been sitting here 15, 20 years ago. But if, no. we, if we were having this conversation, it would have been a very different conversation. Way different, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So, like, but that's what I mean, Don. When we talk about, you know, we teach our kids the wrong stuff at school. This is a sort. These are the sorts of conversations we need to be having with our children. You know, like, you know, sex education, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's important. But how do you become a good person? What's important? You know, like, and I, I just. I just don't think there's anything. We're not teaching the kids the right things at school. Maths and English and all that stuff is really important. But the holistic side of life, we don't get any of that stuff. Mm, yeah. You know what? We, like, I had to find it all on my own. Yeah. I was 33 before I went, oh, what do you mean there's a book on stuff about what I've been thinking about? <laughs> but I didn't. Nobody's really told me about yeah, it yeah. other than religion, and I don't like religion mm. because that's dogma and a whole set of rules, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not really into all these rules. So there you go. We could talk for ages and ages. But yeah. No, so what about low points in your life? You mentioned before, like when you were, when you, when you, the very first time you met um, your now wife, how you're yeah. nursing a broken heart. Yeah. Is that, is that the, the, oh, the yeah, biggest bro- of lows in your life? Nah, like, broken re- hearts are real bad. But yeah. nah, the low points have been, you know, like I, when I was 16. I ran from a cab attack. Oh, fuck, that's home. right. That was, this, is, this is a thread that runs through your book. This lady, this lady, Pamela Hopkins was her name. Of, wow, man. I don't know how this lady can live with herself, eh? Like, seriously, how the fuck you can live with yourself, lady? I, I've forgiven her, but it's like, it's it was disgusting what she did to us. Well, we, we, we were wrong. Like, we ran from a cab without paying. But you were... You were- yeah, but you she were, said, you were kids, though, as well. She, we were 16 years yeah, old, yeah. so we, we got picked up from a from a, an address in Howick. She dropped us a green lane. We jumped out of the cab and sprinted, you know, and she, she was done dust. Anyway, the, the, the cops came to my door at, like, at 4 o'clock in the morning and um, and said, you know, 
all the cops went into my house and this one detective, detective sergeant, do you, do you want to hear the story? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've read it recently in your mate, book, but most people wouldn't have it. So, so he, he, this street guy took me into into the lounge and he said, oh, oh, so, and I said, oh, sir, I'm so sorry. I ran from a cab without paying. We need to, oh, I'll mow a lawns, I'll pay her money back. It was, oh, I don't know how much it was, it was 20 bucks, we'll pay 100 bucks. Oh, you know, like, I was just like, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, oh, well, that's not what happened, Matthew. You held a knife to her throat and you stole $60 off her. But, and I'm a 16-year-old, never been in trouble before, mm. you know, like, I'm in, I'm in my house, my grandfather's got one eye, he's getting up, my grandmother's still in bed. I said, Dad, just wait in the, in the, in the dining room. Anyway, I said, no, nah, that's not true. Anyway, so they go into my bedroom and I go into the bedroom. They're looking for money or whatever and right. they don't find anything. Yeah, and then we go back yeah. into the dining room where my dad is. And I said, oh, Dad, look, I because I, I, they wanted me to go down to the police station. I said, Dad, they want me to go down to the police station because they think that I've held a knife to a lady's throat and stole $60 off her. And the cop that said that to me, this detective fucking shriek, goes, where'd you get that information from, son? And, and I was like, oh, but isn't that what you told me when we were – and he goes – what are you talking about? And I was like, holy fuck. You know, to myself, I'm like, oh, but I still didn't really know what to think, right? So we go down to the police station and, um, you know, it's the, we just go through all that sort of rubbish, you know, put up bloody blah, bloody blah. They didn't find anything. There was no thing. Anyway, this lady, she'd obviously said that we'd done this a bit, but cut a long story short, there'd been a spate of aggravated robberies on taxi drivers there and that police right. hadn't been able to solve it, right? And, um, the the co-op, the taxi co-op, they were providing money for people that, you know, had to take time off work. So she had to take time off work and she got a bit of money and all the bullshit anyway. We go to trial. <laughs> the first trial was a hung jury. It's a high court. So 12, 10 people said we were innocent, two people said we weren't. The next trial, we got thrown out. The third trial, we got found guilty. In the summing up, the judge is summing up because our, our story didn't change from minute one, from the day we, we got arrested to the... Last, last, you know, the day we had our court cases, the last three court cases. Her story changed all the fucking time. One minute oh, I was sitting behind her, next minute this guy was here, next minute we'd done this, this one, you know, like her story was, there were holes in her story like you would not fucking believe, right? And um, the judge in his summing up said, now you may look at these two boys and think that because their story hasn't changed, this I, I'm cutting to the chase a little bit yeah, here, yeah. because their story hasn't changed, They've made up their story and they've stuck to their story. And sometimes when you're telling the truth, you know, your story changes a little bit. No fucking shit, What mate. the fuck? No shit. And what me and Robbie are sitting there, I'm going, oh, my God, we're fucked. And we were fucked. You know, they found us guilty, blah, blah, blah. And that, it wasn't just running from the cab. This was a, a charge of aggravated robbery. Yeah, right? So this is the same as walking into a bank with a gun and robbing – you know, a gunpoint, right? So it came with a 14-year jail sentence. So we, we sacked our lawyers because our lawyers, oh, I want to go into all that. But anyway, this lawyer that we, we got on board, he was an old dude. He goes, he just found the Official Information Act and got everything that was said beforehand, you know, everything that she'd said. Anyway, in the Official Information Act, it proved that she'd withheld, the police withheld evidence to prove she was lying because she said we'd run from a taxi before. She was positive it was us. And she said it was two years earlier on this date, this date. Robbie and I hadn't even met at that stage. I was going to Mount Abu, Grandma, blah, blah, blah. But the police withheld that evidence, right? So they were like, no, no, we don't need to put that in. And um, anyway, so we go down. Oh, and then how we got to challenge the, the – how we got an appeal, because we appealed the sentence. We got, we got convicted 
for aggravated robbery and we got sentenced to 12 months periodic detention. So when the judge, he was reading out, because you have to go and give all the, you know, the, uh, the reports to the judge and people write things in for you. He, I could see him looking at it going, fuck, I think I've got this wrong. You know, mm. Because people were like, you know, we're getting all these things writing in. They're like, this isn't these guys, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we were allowed to appeal the sentence because his summing up was so biased. So when we went down to the appeals court in Wellington, um, you, you sit in front of three judges. You know, long story short, it was thrown out, you know, like, because it was obvious we, we hadn't fucking done it and she was lying and the police were holding. And this Detective Sergeant Shriek prick, right? So so about two years later, a year, yeah, maybe a year and a half, I made the All Blacks and I was walking through the gym at um, Institute of Sport and I saw him and I froze, you know, like I can remember. And I just made the All Blacks was, and, and I froze. And he was like, oh, Matthew, congratulations, mate. No shit. No shit. And I was like, what? The? I, 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 I couldn't even get any words out. Like when I saw him, I actually, I, I shit my pants, you know, because this guy, he was, he tried to completely fuck, you over, fuck totally. my life. Yeah. My life would have been completely different. <clears throat> oh, like, imagine it. And, you know, like I still get people now that go, Oh, hey, you fucking ran from a cab without paying your Do you bus. actually? Oh, heaps of people. 30. Yeah, you ran from a cab, you fucking... And you bloody attacked that taxi driver. I'm just like, yeah. So what I say to her is how you can live... And you know who she was? Jared McCracken's fucking auntie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what the hell, hey? No shit. No shit. But so she... I don't know how that woman has lived her life and been able to look herself in the mirror when she got up for three trials and just lied ball-faced. Mm. Just literally said that something that absolutely didn't happen, happened. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Who does that? Yeah, how do you sleep at night? Who, who the hell does that? And like, and you, you'd think I'd have a chip on my shoulder, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can remember I was playing. Like we my, ranked over the coals just a bit. I played my first game yeah. for Auckland Rugby against um against Canterbury, and it was the Ramfrey Shield um, record-breaking performance. Where I think they remember Canterbury had won twenty-six. Anyway, we were going to break it. it. Was my first game, and there was a lull in the crowd. And this guy out there, enjoy it, Ridge. You'll be in jail next year because I had like I was going through the process. We were going for an appeal that you know the, the next year. So there. Shit. So Did that's one thing I regret: running from a cab without paying. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, like there was absolutely boys. no yeah. excuse for doing what we did. You know, I can remember. I I can remember ringing my mum, and this is what I. It's it's not my mum's fault, but. You know, like I always say to my children, I've always said to them, hey, look, I don't care where you are, if you're on the other side of the world, if you're in trouble, you call me. Mm. I will be there. If you lie to me, I will kill you. I don't care if you've done something as long as you tell me the truth. Yeah. But if you lie, we're done. Do not lie. But if if I, I can deal with anything, I can't deal with lies. If you need me anywhere, I'm going to be there. Anyway, so I, I can remember ringing my mum saying, hey, mum, I'm in Howard. Can we? Can you come and pick us up? And she was like, she, she wasn't very happy about it. She's like, no, find your own way. Yeah, yeah, it's like twenty k's or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fuck, unbelievable. Do you yeah. think um, being in and out of court for minor things since then yeah, yeah, through yeah. your life? Do you think um, that sort of gave you like a bit of a maybe a chip on your shoulder towards the police or authority? Definitely didn't like the police. Yeah, uh, you know, like how um, can you trust them after uh, that? I, I couldn't, you know, like and and that the, the whole bureaucracy of the police and all that stuff, like it, it was it was disgusting how we were treated, and they knew. 
they they had to know we were innocent. You know, like they just had to. Like they'd seen all the information. You know that we hadn't seen. She said that we'd definitely done it to her before. That we'd stolen from her before. That we'd held a knife to her before. That we'd done all that shit before. Right? Like what the? Like you know. And now and they knew that Robbie and I had never met. So she'd obviously got the wrong guys. Mm-hmm. You know. So and, and none of that shit had happened to her before anyway. Yeah, yeah. She's full of shit. She's just lying. But anyway, and then it's funny, I, I jumped into a cab. I remember it was about 20 years ago, probably 25 years ago, and I jumped into a cab in Sandria and bang, it was her. Shut up. No Really? Shit. Yeah, no shit. Still driving cabs? No and, shit. And, and what, no, you just, jumped straight back oh, out? I just jumped straight back out. I was just like, fuck. Give her some money for the flag for no, before I was just you. like, <laughs> fuck you, and I jumped out. I was like, yeah, oh, my God. I wonder who it would have been worse for you yeah. or her. Oh, just you know, but you know when you see when uh, when things like that happen, you know, like when I saw Detective Shriek again, like just I I can remember just the fear and the you know the, it's like seeing a ghost, mm. you know, because it had such an impact on my life. You know, like we 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 were I wasn't my family were very poor, well not poor, but we were we certainly didn't have a lot of money, and um you know for my mum and my grandparents and my uncle to find that money to you know, to, to go through a court case. Yeah, what a stressful thing to go through. Oh, yeah, man. And then still be yeah. trying to get ahead in life, you know, like it was 16, so yeah. 16 to 19, you know, and everybody, uh, the formative years and everybody running around thinking you're an aggravated robber. I mean, it's, it's it's terrible, isn't it? Because there's nothing you can do about, you You know, you know your character and, and yeah. your reputation is up to other yeah, people yeah, yeah. and there's nothing you can Mate, do about nothing. it. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Your life is, and, and then you've got, you know, then... <laughs> Oh, it was just real bad because Rob was an Auckland Grammar boy and I was a dark boy and I'd just gone to Auckland Grammar that year. Our lawyers were – my lawyer was Gerard Curry and he was the guy that defended the Rainbow Warrior agents and he was not very good. And Rob's lawyer was – he was a QC, but yeah. he wasn't very good. And Rob's lawyer was very softy spanking. And then Rob's lawyer was, was a guy that he thought that I definitely did it because I was dark. Mm. And that Rob, you know, like, are you sure that he didn't do it? You know, like, just all this sort of shit, you know? Yeah. Like, we're like, hey? Yeah, no, it was real bad. And But, you know, like, it's funny, eh? like, my mate, I went that way, he went that way. Yeah, what, yeah. what, do, you, what do you mean? What did he? Oh, he, he, just, he just went down a real dark hole. Right. Yeah, yeah, so. It's hard to... I suppose bounce back from something like that, isn't it? That's a big, it's a big yeah. stressful, traumatic thing to go through. Yeah, it shaped me, that's for sure. But it, it definitely, I had definitely not not a chip on my shoulder. But I, I, it'd be fair to say that, as far as I'm concerned, the police weren't, you know, weren't my best friends. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. So, so what were the other things you were in court for? Because I, I remember there was a clip that was shown on the news all the time of you arriving at court in like oh, a pinstripe suit. That was, that was, so. that was for um, that was for driving outside. Oh, restricted hours or something? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Restricted yeah, license. No, nah, that was when Eric, Eric Watson was decided, he decided to follow me around New Zealand and follow, you know, put a PI on me and shit. We've talked know. a lot about karma. And the, yeah. Mate, <laughs> and I deserve that, you know, 100% I deserve that. And yeah. I tell you what, I tell you what, this is, this, and this is the truth, the woman always chooses, always. The woman so this, chooses. So this, the woman is a, chooses. so this is um, Eric Watson. He was the owner of the Warriors. Yeah, yeah worth yeah, a couple of hundred million. Yeah, married wife, to and Nikki Watson. His wife decided she wanted a piece of me, right? Right. And um, and she just didn't stop. Yeah. And, and like, admittedly, I, I I should have gone. Hey, and I did too. I, so I, you, were you still with Sally at the time? Was you that? You know, I left Sally. Right. Right. Um, as soon as as soon as that started, I, I left Sally. But you know, like, oh mate, that that's you know what? And, and for two years, Dom, two years, three years, I lived a lie. 
you know, I was, in what way? you're with somebody, but if, yeah. if, but you're not being honest about yeah. it, you know, like, so, so, and, and I always used to say to Nikki at the time, I said, you know, this is going to end how it started. It's going to mm. end in lies because it started with bullshit. And, yeah. you know, like, and the more I tried to, you know, like, I'd say that, oh, it was, just, it was just so bad, just like, just, just the sneaking around and. Oh, oh was she still married to Eric at the time? No, she so, left. Okay. She left Eric and all. So you're sneaking around? Why? Because of the like paparazzi and media? Yeah, and, just uh, and just you know, I didn't. We didn't want to embarrass Eric or anything okay, like okay. that, you know. But just you know, like there was a, a whole build up. Whereas he didn't want to. He, Eric didn't want to believe that we were together, you know. Like mm-hmm. he wanted me to. He wanted to leave his wife and me to move in with him, you know. We were real buddy buddies, but yeah, it was, yeah. It was just like, mate, you know. I, I remember saying to him. Shit, I don't know how we got onto this. Mm. But I remember saying to him, I was like, hey, Eric, if if you leave Nikki, I'm going to ask her out. And um, he was like, he lost it. And I was like, well, uh, and then I, I can remember saying to him, mate, I want out of the Warriors because I, I had a, I owned 25% of the Warriors. And he said, why, mate? I said, look, because I just want out. You know, I just want to do my own thing. I was involved, you know, I want to start my own businesses and blah, blah, blah. But I wanted out because, you know, I was with, I was with Nikki. But he, he, he didn't want to know, you know, and and he didn't believe it. And then, obviously, once it all came out, he decided he was just going to make my life a living hell. And and fair enough, you know, like fair enough, I have, I have no problem with that. But you, you you say fair enough, but then we you know, we talked about the karma thing before. So he he had it in for you and made your life a living hell. And then fast forward down the track, Owen Glenn. Uh, yeah, yeah, had it in for him and made him his life, 100%. and arguably did a better job making his life hell than yeah, what he did to you. Yeah, you get, you get, you certainly get what you deserve, you know. Like, but but what I will say, and it's it's, it's very true. Like, you know, like I should have I should have been able to say, nah, oh, I'm not going down that track. You know, like there's no way. But that's why I say the woman always chooses when a woman decides mm. she wants something. It's real. Like, especially like she was pretty hot. You know, she was, she was, and yeah, yeah and it's yeah, the yeah. ego thing we're talking about. It's hard yeah, to yeah, park but that. oh mate, she just chased and chased yeah. and chased and chased and chased and chased. It was like horrendous. And then, like, but I got my karma, bro, because um, you know we were together and we'd bought a house together, and I'd moved her parents onto a build a house for her parents on this place out of Cracker that we had, and um, uh, she started seeing this guy, uh, Shelton Woolwright. Oh yeah, and, from uh, Blind Spot. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 which was all cool. <clears throat> like, like I remember, like it was because we've been together for three or four years, and I can remember saying to myself because I wasn't happy with Nikki, you know, like it's we just didn't gel. But because I'd I'd created so much, you know, torment with what we did, I was like, I can't leave her, you know, I can't leave, you know, like this, this is just ridiculous, you know, yeah. like you know, all the shit that I've created to get this spot. You're just gonna to have to suck this up, Matthew. You know, and I and I and I was sucking it up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was running around behind my back, which which was fine. But it just you know when you decide to suck it up, yeah. and then you yeah. and then you, that person ends up like giving it to you. So, but you know what? I I can remember sitting there and I was like, you know what? You deserve everything you got. You know, you, to yourself, you, you deserve that. You yeah, know, like yeah. I deserve it. You know, like I'm a hundred percent. So it taught me it taught me some very very good lessons. There's no point in bullshitting, lying, being deceptive. You just got to front up, you know, like and as hard as it is, you mm. know, like we all try to run around trying to protect people and protect, you know, like because we don't want to hurt people. But you know what? The worst, you just got to front up and say, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen, but it's happened, mm. you know, and, and this is where we're at. 
this is the truth, and that's it. How 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 long? How many years did it take you to to figure this all out? I'm just oh, I'm just thinking this conversation could fast track that fast track that process oh, for a lot of other. Oh, yeah, yeah, for a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Look, hey, look, look, look. The worst thing you can do in relationship is like this is how I live my life now, right? This is how I live my life now. It's like if there's anything that I'm keeping from my partner, if I can't tell her something, then if I'm lying about something, then it's the, it's it's the beginning of the end. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? As soon as there's a, a level of mistrust or you're you're starting to tell lies in your relationship, then you may as well get out. Because it's 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 over, you know. Like that's when it just starts going downhill. As soon as you can't, if you can't leave your phone anywhere, if you can't leave your keys, if somebody can't call you, if you can't, like if you if you if you got something to hide, you're in the wrong relationship. Did you know? And yeah. a, uh, that, that's just my experience. Like if you're not uh, if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, then you need to ask yourself the question: Am I supposed to be with this person? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Because well, what's the point of bullshit? Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. Of, like, why, what's the point of lying to somebody that's supposed to be? You're supposed to be. Uh, you know, she's your wife or your husband or whatever. But you're lying, keeping things from. What's the point of that? Mm. Why are you doing that? Yeah, you're with the wrong person. So, that, so that's how I live my life. Yeah, and what a great way to live your life. Got it. Yeah, no point of bullshitting. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure. You seem <laughs> it seems like you're in a great place. So. Uh, <laughs> So you're heading off now. You're going to pick up your son from school. How old's he? Uh, so uh, Lundy's 11, turning 12. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so this is your middle one. From, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And you're you're at a place now in your relationship. Do you think you can be more open and honest and vulnerable that you, than you've been in any of your previous relationships? Oh, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. like uh, definitely, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying that I've got a perfect relationship, but don't, but, but what I do have is we've got an honest relationship. And, you know, I, I think... I think honesty is probably the most important thing you can have. Yeah, yeah. You know, like across everything, you know, like business being honest. You know, like and it's 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 not hard to be honest. It's actually really easy because if you're honest, like even if it's hurtful, like what can that other person do? Mm. You, you can all you can do is say, "Hey, I'm just being honest." Yeah. What, what do you want me to do? You want me to lie? Well, I can lie if you want. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you yeah. know, like, but yeah. but it, but it's actually we find it really hard to be honest because we don't like to hurt people, and it's you know we try and tiptoe around things and go, oh, fuck, mm. it's just no point. And then you just in all, all you do is you just start building up this negative shit, and like, yeah. and you just don't have I, I don't have time for negativity. I just want to. Mm. I can tell you're in a good place. Positive, yeah. Um, well, thanks for sharing your, your 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 wisdom. And there's a there's a lot of a, a lot of it learned through the school of hard knocks. Hard, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's been really good to um, you know it's been quite cathartic. cathartic yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been actually good to. But it's you know it's just. I've just ended up here because I've ended up here. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we've, we've talked about more of the bad stuff than the good shit. I mean, no, know, I, I was hoping it would be a reminisce session. No, for all, that, all that stuff, all the stuff that we've talked about, like personal relations, I didn't think we'd get onto that mm. stuff, but all that stuff, it shapes you. Mm. I'm embarrassed of some of that stuff, and, you know, I, I wish, you know, like I'd handle myself better, behave better in certain situations, but, you know, I'm, I'm, 
I'm where I at now. Mm. I'm at now, and 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 I wouldn't be the person I am today without all those things that have that have happened. Before. Yeah. And how's the how's the future going to look? Like the next five or ten years, are we are we going to see more of you in the public eye? You did the that grand design style yeah, show last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed doing that show. It was really cool. It was nice to you know I wanted to do that show. Daryl McEwen got a hold of me, and I went, you know what, maybe. And I said, oh, no, I won't get funding. He said, and I sort of. Did it think, oh, I said yes to him thinking that it wouldn't get funny and then it got funny. I was like, ah, oh, bugger it. Oh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm back in the public eye again. But but I actually really loved doing the show. It was really cool. I met some fantastic people. The film crew were amazing. I was way more patient. You know, like when I was doing TV back in the day, we were just so impatient and annoying. And just, you know, like, <laughs> different so, headspace. Yeah, different headspace. So so it was real cool. So we're, we're, we're filming another one um, again this year. So... So that, that that's been that's been really good, and it's been nice to be able to show people a different side to me. You know, that's what's been cool. So people coming up to me and going, "Wow," you know, like it's been really nice for me. People coming up and going, "Hey, man, really love your show." You know, like it's, it's not young people; it's it's obviously older mm, people, but yeah. it's the older people that had that opinion of me. So most of the people that are coming up are all my age or older. And they're all the people that would have been forming those opinions on me when they were watching me on those TV shows. Yeah, you know? well, you, so, I mean, you have to grow up, don't you? Like, you can't you can't be fifty four and and start losing bets and putting Mark Ellis's pubes nah, on your face. <laughs> no, 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 no. And like, and so I was never going to do anything like that. And like, there's yeah. people going, "Oh, you know, why don't you guys get back into the game too hard?" Or like, "Oh, come on, don't be stupid." You know, like so we're just so past that stuff, right? But yeah. but it was nice just to be able to do, you know, something that I I really enjoy doing, which is I. Uh, like architecture and I like, you know, looking at people's beautiful houses, you know. Well, yeah, and hopefully um, same sort of thing. People listen to this podcast and go, huh, okay, that's uh, that's not yeah, the person I thought it that'd was. That would be nice, you know, like, yeah. well, and like, to be honest, I don't care if they don't. You yeah, know, like, yeah. But, but You're not going to read the comments it, it, on Instagram. It, it's not going to worry me, you know, yeah. like I'm not going to go, oh, you know, like at all, you know, like and my son will go, go, oh, Dad, have you seen this? And he'll get it out. I said, good or bad? And he's like, oh, don't need to know. Yeah. You know, like, and he's Ignorance like, is bliss. Yeah, yeah, He's like, sweet ass. He said, there's a couple of good ones in there. I'm like, <laughs> read, read me the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And it was actually him. Um, I, I had no idea how to get hold of you, but I thought you'd be a great guest. So I messaged your son, Boston, yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. And he messaged you, and I, yeah, I got yeah, a text yeah, back. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, so, yeah. I'm so pleased you did yeah, that. Yeah, no, me too. Me too, Dom, because, you know, I've obviously, uh, I don't listen to a lot of radio, but I obviously know who you are, and I've seen you running up and down the street at a million miles an hour I've been very jealous of how, how quick you can run and uh, how fit you are well I think over the years on my radio career I've probably given you a, a little bit of assholes about yeah. riding your BMX shirt <laughs> yeah yeah hard. Um, and, and, and um, in hindsight it was, it was mean and unnecessary yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but it's, it, it's, it's it is what it is you know like and it's funny yeah like to jump on a BMX and ride around town <laughs> was like I was actually courting a lot of shit but it was something that I was I loved mm. doing yeah, you know, and, and, uh, and also you're not hurting anyone. I'm not like, hurting anybody, man. I'm riding my bike. Okay, really, I didn't have a helmet on because I couldn't be asked. I just <laughs> don't like helmets. But I'm riding my bike. I, I like being in the sun. I'm like, you know, if I, if, if I was anywhere else, if I was, nobody would give a shit, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. because it's me, everyone's like, oh, who the hell does he think he is? Well, I don't think I'm anybody. I'm just riding my bike. Yeah, you know? but it's, it's funny. We're, I feel like we're at a point now where everyone talks about diversity and acceptance, and it's like you you were hurting nobody. Yeah, you, I was just you were out there me. living your best life. Yeah, 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 100%. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing, living my best life. Brilliant. Matthew Ridge, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, mate. 
Hey, thanks for making it all the way through this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Really hope you enjoyed it. At the risk of sounding like a scratchy record, a couple of, I don't know, admin housekeeping things as I do at the end of all these things. If you do like it and you can think of someone that might like it as well, please let them know. Word of mouth is the most powerful form of marketing. Another really effective way is um, sharing it on your social media channels. That's really helpful as well. Also, wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Apple, whatever, please give it a rating if you like it, or even a review. One other thing, if you're in business and you want to advertise, this podcast is growing at rates bigger than what I ever anticipated, considering we are only like five or six months into the journey. We're currently averaging about 15,000 downloads a week, or 60,000 a month, and I'm looking for sponsors and advertisers to jump on board. If that sounds like you, or your business, let's get talking. You can email me at domharveynz at gmail.com. I'm not going to lie, a lot of work goes into this, probably more work than what I anticipated. Like the amount of hours that have gone into it so far this year would put me well below minimum wage in terms of the money I've made back. I mean, it's not about that, but ultimately, if I can make enough money off this, I can reinvest, get the camera quality better, get some stuff on YouTube, and hopefully make this a job. I'm really passionate about what I'm doing and these conversations I'm having with amazing New Zealanders, so I really, really want to make this work. So if you can help in any way... If you're a business owner, or you can think of a business that could benefit by being on this podcast, please, let's get talking. DomHarveyNZ at gmail.com, or message me on Instagram, DomHarveyNZ. All right, thanks very much. Hope to see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.